the sufficiently soft PCE data was spoiled by another month of strong spending in the US, while inflation in the Eurozone didn't fall as much as expected by analysts, and that was due to the recent rise in energy prices. And oh, the US grid is now trading at around $84 per barrel level. So today, investors will be focused on the US jobs data and pray for it to just get a little bit weaker, maybe. So welcome. This is Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk. So welcome to September, everyone, a month that's known to be seasonally bad for equities and seasonally good for the US dollar. So we will see what September has in store for every one of us. But August ended on a downbeat note for the S&P 500 stocks and on an upbeat note for the US dollar, as even though the Federal Reserve's favorite gauge of inflation released yesterday, so that's the PC data, even though it came in with expectations in July for both the core and the headline figures. And just note that the core PC even posted the smallest back-to-back -back rise since late 2020. Well, the super, super core services inflation, which is the inflation figure that's very, very closely watched by Mr. James Powell and his team. And that actually excludes not only the energy prices, but also the housing prices. Well, that super core services inflation rose by the most on a monthly basis since the beginning of this year. Plus, well, personal spending in the US remains well, quite strong, and that was in in line with the GDP data released earlier this week, remember, that showed a positive revision to consumer spending in the US as well. And in fact, the personal income for the Americans fell slightly, meaning that Americans actually continue to spend because they continue to tap into their reserves to well, spend to keep their spending this strong. But the good news for the Federal Reserve is that well, this consumer spending at this speed could only continue as long as the savings are there and are available. And according to the latest data, personal savings in the US fell from 4.3% in June to 3.5% in July. And before the pandemic, the savings level was close to 9%. So savings in the US are melting. They have Housing affordability is falling because the mortgage rates are up and low-income Americans reportedly fall behind their most important payments like rent, for example, as we discussed earlier this week. And the main street actually gives away signs of financial suffering. But the GDP in the US remains above that 2% level and also above the long-term trend, which is thought by the Fed to be around one8 Eight percentage level and the scenario of soft lending for the US economy is what the financial markets are pricing right now convincedly. Although some skeptical investors out there cry out loud and clear that recession cannot be avoided in the US. So we will see that. To be perfectly honest with you, I actually stopped calling for recession in the US because we are now in September and my carrier's most weighted recession has not shown up its nose just yet and we are not even close to that if you look actually at the uh, actual economic data and actual numbers from 
the US economy because the jobs data shows signs of slowdown, but, but, but the numbers are still at historically strong, strong levels. Due to be released later today, for example, the US unemployment rate is still expected to remain at a multi-decade low of 3.5%. And the US economy is actually expected to have added around 170,000 new non-farm jobs in August. And in the last 12 months, while the US economy added almost 280,000 jobs on average on a monthly basis, and if today's data comes in line with expectations, so 170,000, yes, it will be the third reading below the 200,000 mark. But but, but the last 12-month average will still remain at, you know, somewhere close to 270,000 monthly job additions on average. And historically speaking, we expect to see the NFP number to fall at around or even below the 50,000 level per month. So to tell you that, we are not there just yet. So today, of course, a softer than expected NFP figure or a slight deterioration in the unemployment rate or softer than expected wages growth data could further cement the idea and the expectation that the Federal Reserve will skip another interest rate hike this month and maybe also in November as well. And so far, the U.S. Treasuries have had their best week since mid-July. The U.S. two-year yield retreated to 4.85% level, which is below its 50-day moving average, while the 10-year yield flirted with the 4% psychological mark for the very first time in the past three weeks. But who says a rapid jump also says a rising possibility of a correction. So one thing is quite sure to me and to everyone, well, we don't really expect any any major central banker to call victory on inflation just yet, and even less the Europeans as, well, as I was telling you at yesterday's episode of Market Talk that I doubted to see the European headline CPI falling to 5.1% level as expected by analysts. Well, it did not fall to that level. It remained steady at around the 5.3% level instead due to the sticky energy cost. So inflation in France, uh, for example, actually accelerated at a much faster pace than expected by analysts in the month of August. While remember, the latest PMI numbers were not necessarily brilliant for France either. On a separate note, well, the German retail sales also fell faster than expected by analysts in July, whereas well, inflation in Germany also ticked higher last month. Remember, that was released this week as well. So this combination of weak economic data and sticky inflation is obviously a nightmare scenario for the European Central Bank. The European Central Bank will actually have to raise the interest rates to continue fighting inflation and hoping to bring it down to a 2% level, even though the underlying European economies are already under a downside pressure. And today, well, the final PMI figures from the Eurozone will likely confirm the ongoing slowdown in the European economy activity. So the euro dollar gave back most of its weekly advance after yesterday's inflation data hit the market, hinting that the market is now worried or more worried that further European Central Bank hikes in Europe will further damage the economic activity. And the euro bears are now tempted to retest the 200-day moving average support to the downside. And if they are successful, well, the next natural bearish target for the euro dollar stands at a distant one 
1.0615 level, the major 38.2% Fibonacci retracement on past years rally, which should distinguish between the continuation of the actual positive trend in the euro dollar and a bearish medium-term reversal. And while speaking of economic data and central bank decisions, well, this week's PMI data show that the Chinese manufacturing activity actually contracted at a slower pace than expected by analysts. And while today's Saishin PMI data show that it actually even stepped into the expansion zone in August. Whereas keep in mind that the Chinese services PMI actually fell short of the market expectations and well, the wave of further bad news from China, like Country Garden, for example, announcing an almost 7 billion US dollar worth of loss in the first half of this year, the talk of the company's UN-denominated bond default, the Moody's downgrading of the firm to CA level, and even Evergrande's wealth, you know, saying that, well, it couldn't make payments on its investment products due to a liquidity a cash crunch last month. Well, combined to the obviously existing and worsening property crisis by the day, gets the People's Bank of China to announce lower payment requirements for first and second time house buyers in China and obviously also to encourage lower interest rates on existing mortgages from the banks. So that's so cool for people, or it sounds so cool, but it will unlikely to make a material change really at this moment. And the CSI 300 index is closing a week packed with fresh stimuli in China on a meager note really. Whereas crude oil, which barely takes the fresh China news into account or the bad news into account, well, rallies big these days before the world's death spirit eyes. The barrel of American crude jumped more than 2% at yesterday's trading session and is consolidating about the $84 per barrel level at the time. I'm talking here this morning, the next bullish target stand at $85 per barrel level, which is the August peak, and $89 per barrel level in the continuation of an ABCD pattern. But I don't see oil going above the $90 level, honestly, without reviving global inflation expectations and recession worries and the central bank hawks which would then start playing against the oil bulls. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipekos Kardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive and insightful messages. So I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on x and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again next week and until then good day trading and have a lovely weekend